pretty good time. Anyone else? Who can I see? Who who won that? Who won the artisan women candle? Can, what scent? What scent did you get? Do you know? Fireside. I have a fireside up here, and it smells amazing. And I'm taking it home with me tonight. Oh my gosh! So I'm having this. It'll be in my illustration in a little bit, but it's also just gonna make me really happy. And if I'm really happy and I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a good mood, I'm gonna preach better. So I need the candle. I need the candle up here. Well, ladies, welcome to Artisan Women. Because, see, I, I've said, we say this, we are not an event. We do not have a name for our event because we are a people and we are everywhere. And maybe you're a friend of someone who brought you tonight who maybe goes to Artisan. I know, where are my Mops moms at? Yes, Mops night out here tonight. So as women, often we can be in many different places, seemingly all at one time right? We, we're scattered throughout our weeks, our lives. We're multitasking always. So I love these moments because this is a place and a time we all get to be together at once, <laughs> all in one room. And I'm really excited to preach tonight. And before I tell you the title of my message, I, I would love to start with the Word of God. Is that okay? Is it okay? Because if anything tonight, I might say a lot of things. I might say more things that I even wanted to say that just come out because someone gave me a microphone. But what I am going to do is I'm going to read Scripture because it has the power to change your life. Scripture does not return void. And so if anything, if you're going to write down anything, if you're going to remember anything, please write down the Scriptures. Thank you, band. Thank you, band. I totally forgot to dismiss you. I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to make it abundantly clear. I don't do cues because I forget. I'm going to make it abundantly clear for when it's time to go off stage. You guys can leave. <laughs> awesome. My scripture that I'm reading tonight that I really felt, I honestly had a totally different track that I felt like really fit the theme and what God was speaking to me. And I just, I woke up and th this verse was in my heart and I go, oh, that's different than I had planned. But Lord, your will, not mine. Let's change some things around. James 1.17 says this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. I love that. We'll get to that later. Who does not change like shifting shadows. If you're taking notes tonight, write down the title. I want you to leave a space above it, and then I want you to write the title, The Shadows. The Shadows. Will you pray with me one more time? Heavenly Father, thank you for every single woman, every single heart, every single home represented in this place, God. Whether the women in this house have a house full of kids or friends to go back to, or maybe they're going back home on their own, God. God, I believe that you have an absolute heavenly plan for tonight. And I thank you for the ways you love to surprise your girls. In Jesus' name. And everyone said. Amen, the shadows. So I'd like to unpack our general idea of the word shadow in case, you know, we might all have kind of a different understanding of the word or we might be guessing where I'm going with the sermon. I'm just going to tell you straight up what a shadow is and how it is formed. A shadow is, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, and they're a pretty smart group of people, and I believe them, a shadow is an area of darkness, say darkness, 
in which people and things cannot be seen, okay? So I think we can all agree a shadow is a place, a dark area where things are not as clear, things cannot be seen. So maybe there's shadows behind the curtains that are super dark. When light is totally removed, that's darkness, right? The absence of light. Two, shadows are formed when light hits an object it cannot travel through. So um, I'm going to have, I have a little demonstration because um, I know we understand, but it's way more fun if we act like we don't and we need to learn what a shadow is. So I'm going to have my, uh, my people come up and not light a fire. Let's give it up for these, these awesome band members that stood behind me way too long. And um, by the way, that one and that one, they're getting married. Yes, yes. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. You can, you can go. Abundantly clear, you can go. Um, so I'm going to have um, someone come up who is, um, if you know this person, immediately you think, oh, the puppeteer, the shadow puppeteer. Um, and we all know where is this. If you know Erica Wells, you know um, this is like, it's not just like a hobby. It's kind of like an identity. It's an identity piece for her. You can actually check if some of you want to bring out your phones. I'm going to give you permission. You can actually check your phone and go on her Instagram. And in her bio is um, Shadow Puppeteer. I kid you not. She texted me a picture this morning, and I just about died. So uh, Erica Wells, will you uh, come on up here? And you can keep the lights for just a sec. This is Erica um, in her beautiful autumnal, um, you called it a cape, right? Like a cardigan, kimono, jacket, cape. We're going to call it a cape. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to interrupt some light. And um, because this is, you know, Erica's pastime, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have her come up here. And what you ladies need to do, so you see how the light, the light is, the, the full surface is being hit by the light. But Erica's going to interrupt this light with, um, oh, yeah, get it ready. Yeah, yeah you got to get it ready or the ladies won't know. So what we're going to do, what we're going to do, ladies, is we're not going to tell you what she's making. I know what she's attempting to, I mean, what she is making. But I want to hear some guesses as soon as it's accomplished. Is it ready? All right. Do you have our little friend? <laughs> this is so weird. Do you, okay, can, can you bring it out in front of the light? Okay. Do we see it? Okay. Okay, ladies, do you see it? Okay. Okay, there it is. Do we see it? Duck down. Duck down. It, oh, are they? No, I think they're guessing that it's a duck. Okay. Uh, I heard it. It's not an alligator. It is an alligator. Nice. Ten points to Gryffindor. Okay. Now we've got, I've never seen that movie. I love Jesus. Okay. Now we're going to give our next. <laughs> it's ready? It's ready. Ooh. You know, it does look like an ostrich. I'm not. No. Uh, um, can. Can. <laughs> and. <laughs> Yeah, it's a turkey. Um, can we hear a quick, uh, what is a turkey? I don't do that. Oh, I did it yesterday. <laughs> Yay! She did, she did it for me yesterday, and I was like, I'm totally going to make her do it on stage in front of all of her friends. Okay, next animal. All right, I mean, whatever it might be, figure it out. We honestly, I think we all can agree we respect her more for this. Okay. Oh, It is a snail. Did someone say grass? Okay, one more. We've got one more, okay? And this one, I'm not going to lie. This is kind of the showstopper, guys. Um, well, you're the one who is a self-proclaimed puppeteer on your Instagram for all to see. 
hundreds of people. Okay, let's see it. None. Hold on. It's a it's a parrot. But hold on, you let her finish it. <laughs> kind of like it looks kind of like a dinosaur. Yeah, awesome. Can we give it up for Erica? Thank you. You guys, you guys can come remove this beautiful, beautiful set from behind me. Thank you so much. So as you see, the sizes, the shapes, ooh, yeah, watch the candles, of the shadows change based on where I position the light. Pretty simple. So we know what a shadow is. Now let's talk about what shadows are not. Are shadows reflections? No, they are not reflections, and they are not even a thing, but they are a lack of a thing, and that thing is, that thing is, they are a lack of light. A shadow is the effect caused by, as we saw, the interruption of light. They are the side effects of obstacles passing in front of light. And in our faith walks, we are promised, right, trials and troubles and obstacles, things that come right in front of our line of view and make it impossible to see. Things that come up and they block your view and whatever's behind it, right? How many of you know that sometimes things come up against us, the worries, the pains, the real troubles of life? Not just before we knew Jesus, if you know Jesus, if you follow Jesus, it's not just before I knew Jesus, here how hard my life was, and now everything's fine and dandy. Sometimes the hardest thing for believers is to experience troubles after we surrender our lives to Jesus, after we've said yes, and after we've sacrificed things and finances and we've made decisions, and then we experience trouble then we experience the need for this scripture that we've heard so much. It's usually on the other side of real pain, right? But there are some things that, that look a little scary, right? When you see the shadow, like this candle, right? Does it, can you even see it? No, you can't. But there are these things sometimes, like when we saw, the closer I got the light to her hand, the, the shadow, you can, you can make it look bigger than it is, right? Like uh, inflation right now. I just went to Target and got my groceries, right? Very aware of inflation right now. I have to think about five times as hard as I normally do about purchases, which is probably healthy, but it is no fun at all when I can't buy as many hearth and hand candles as I want to way too early for Christmas, Okay. The what-ifs of a new season. Those shadows can look scary, right? Starting a new job, moving to a new place. Those things can kind of shift. Those things can kind of look and feel big, and you don't really know what's going to happen yet, so you, you can't really say exactly what you're afraid of or exactly what's going to happen, but you just sense that something's coming that I can't quite see. See, I don't mind the shadows that just turn out to be shadows. For example, I recently had a doctor's appointment for a lump on my side, and I had to wait weeks. And it turns out that lump was just um, food. Um, I'll say food. It was food that was passing in my body, 
right? Those shadows, those moments where you waste weeks of worrying. You waste, I had a friend today who's a volunteer for artists and women. You know, she, she had to go check in, see something ended up being nothing. But those, those moments in between where the fear wants to come in, right? And maybe you're waiting on news for not just yourself, but what's really hard is when things are outside of your control, you're waiting on the reports for others, maybe for your kids, maybe for your husband. And things start to feel outside of your control. When your bank account, what happens when it does hit zero, when the loved one does walk away or walk away from the Lord? then these aren't just shadows, right? These aren't just things that, oh, are a little scary or we don't really know. It's a real obstacle. And often in these times we feel alone and afraid and far from God. Now not only are you faced with an obstacle, but you have this huge shadow to deal with. Can I encourage you ladies tonight with this truth? Oh, I'm sorry, you're too quiet. I can't keep preaching. Can I encourage you tonight with this truth? Say, God is sovereign over the shadows. And if you are taking notes, I want you to draw a line over the shadow, the shadows that you wrote, and I want you to write sovereign. The real title and the real focus of this sermon. I'm not going to give more credit than needs to be given to the shadows, to the darkness, to the scary, to the, to the finite things. We are talking about our infinite God. God is sovereign over the shadows. Amen? See, at the beginning of creation, before God created anything else, he created light and he separated it from the darkness, right? He had not yet created the lights in the heavens like the verse talks about. God said, let there be light and it emanated from himself and he separated it immediately from the darkness and then later he created the lights in the heavens that mark time that change that rotate the cycles he made but he's above it he's the author of light and the separator of darkness he gave darkness limits so when we're going through dark seasons seasons with real challenges we can know this we can know this confidently about our god God's light is infinitely more powerful than the darkness that you face. And some of you tonight are facing real darkness right now. Real obstacles. Maybe it's not in a darkness in a sinister way or in, you know, it's always oh, the enemy. Maybe it's something that is, is really clouding your mind, your judgment, and it's something very physical you cannot see past. In our prayer time as women, before we start this service, we've, we've had women praying for weeks for you. Weeks, weeks. And then tonight, as volunteers, we all gathered in this place right here about an hour ago. And we prayed over women that had real needs in this room, that were here showing up volunteering. But before we could go meet the needs of others, which we often do as ladies, right? Meet the needs of others. God wants to take care of the things that are standing in your way, of you focusing, of you receiving his word, receiving the truth that he has for you, the love. I love that Lauren gave that word, the love that he offers. Even in rooms like this, it can be so hard when you're coming in with the intent to focus and receive these things. And I want to get into God's presence. Even once you're here physically, there can just be these obstacles, right, rolling and rolling through our brains 
popping up on your phone as you're trying to sit in service. Remember James 1.17, it said, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens, said he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Y'all, I'm going right into it. I didn't, I mean, I did not feel we had time to waste. I urgently felt God telling his daughters that he does not change depending on what time it is. He does not change depending on the political climate. He does not change depending on the spiritual climate or the whatever is going on, whatever culture is popular at the time, whatever the enemy has planned. God does not change depending on what time it is. He is not as moody as I am and as you are. I'm just kidding. I pointed to Sonia because you love me and I know that you're safe to point at. He does not cast a shifting shadow, and he's with you. Say, he's with me. He is constant, and there may be obstacles, but it, and it may be dark, but he is right there. Psalm 23, 4 says this, even though, I know you know this, even though, not even if, even though I walk through the darkest valley the darkest one i'll take that that and that but not not that lord have anything not my marriage anything but god not my kid not my sanity not my mind not my health even though i walk through the darkest valley i will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Doesn't say the rod and thy staff come down and lift me out and change everything. God is with you. Comforts you. You don't need me to be the one to tell you it's hard to see clearly when things are dark, when things look and feel unfamiliar. You may have noticed that our decor is super fun this time and a little themed out. And, um, you know, we don't usually put Maltese's on the stage, only on Sundays. Um, but, um, but we've got a little, uh, a little fun going on, preaching on the shadows. And I'm uh, excited to tell you about our first house that reminds me a lot like this vibe. <laughs> We, um, Sam and I, we were ministers in uh, Shakopee, Minnesota. We've got to minister in lots of cities and different states, but we, uh, one of our first youth ministries, we got to uh, steward, and actually Carter Anderson, who's taking a picture of me right now, was one of our students, and you're like a giant adult now, um, taking pictures. How cool. This is a moment for us. We should remember this. We should. Um, that's Pastor Alex Anderson's uh, brother, by the way. He's awesome. Um, but we were at Shakopee. And we did not have um, an overwhelmingly large salary at the time. So we were looking for our first home, and we had our first baby, and we were so excited to go and look at houses. And I had this whole idea in my head of what it was going to be and how we'd go, and the realtor would show us all these different options, and we would get to narrow it down and be like, I'll take the one with just one fireplace, not the one with the one in the master, and I'll do the one with the, the original hardwoods, not the 
secondary hardwoods. And I had this whole Chip and Joanna Gaines idea of what this would look like for our first home. And we knew, we felt God tell us to live in the community we were serving. So there was this one neighborhood in Shakopee we could afford. And it was a very historic part of Shakopee. And the homes on that historic area we could afford were not the cute kind of Victorian homes with all the spindles and, you know, the, the picket fence or, uh, or no, it'd be like an iron fence, right? It were, the houses on our list were um, a little spooky. And the houses on our list were actually one house and it was all that was available. And so we went and we toured this house and I'm like, you know what? No, right? You know, you know when you're, you're in that mindset where you're like, I am choosing to be happy and I'm going to make this, everything's a positive. We have one house. Thank God. He narrowed it down for us. His hand of favor is on our lives. And oh, wow. Look at, look at all of these mounds of gophers but guess what these are our gophers and we're going to be one of those people that like gets rid of the gophers and we get to celebrate it and you get to be like a real man who's like yeah i killed all these gophers and then we go into the house and we see like this living room with nice hardwood floors i'm like okay i see this these are these look original i didn't know what i was talking about they were probably like laminate but i was like these are the original wood floors awesome awesome going no, no appliances, you know, with laundry and all that, but they did have a clothesline out back. And I go, Sam, if we buy this house, I'm suddenly going to be the type of person that hangs my clothes to dry and has a simple life and things will just be easy. We're going to be that type of person now. How quaint. How quaint that I will line dry my laundry and, oh, look at the wet, damp cellar. Perfect for hide and seek. Oh, my gosh, this house is so fun. The carpet's curling in all the bedrooms, but you know what? We have kids. Now we don't have to stress about ruining things because they're already terrible. How wonderful. I'm so happy that this is the house that we're going to choose. And so we made an offer on this house, and the offer got accepted. Yay, quick celebration. Woo. Okay, so we go to inspect this house, and I'm grateful Um for my father-in-law, Sam's dad, he is a licensed contractor, and he's a very gifted, and he is a problem solver. So he sees, he's one of those types that can see, like, all of the problems. And he's not just going to be one to point it out. He's going to be awake at night for weeks until he solves every single one of those problems. So he did our inspection, as he's done all of our inspections. He did our inspection on this house. So I'm coming. I've got, like, my Starbucks because I felt cute because I'm a homeowner now. It's an identity thing. I don't know. I apparently had identity issues when I was a new mom. And I was like, this is who I am. I have a home. Like, hi, neighbors. Oh, hi. I'm, I'm Renee. We have kids. We're cute. We're a family. You should follow me on Instagram. And so we're at this inspection, and we're, 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 he's, Jim's looking through all the stuff, finding all the things. Um, Sam's mom probably is going to be mad that I'm pointing her out, but she's being positive. She will not point out the bad things. She's a celebrator. She's going to rally and support us. But we get back to the car, and Sam's dad's about to, to jump into their car and leave. And he jumps back out, and he goes, I got to go check the attic. Like, why? No, don't go. I, like, in my head, I'm like, he's going to find something, and it's going to ruin my fun. Do not go. At this point, I'm like, I would just rather not know. Like, I would rather, like, I will know eventually, but I don't want to risk this moment, and I don't want to risk, like, going home and being homeowners, and there is nothing else on the market we can afford, so do not go back in that house. I just spit everywhere. Um, and so he goes back into the house with his flashlight, and he climbs up a ladder, 
and he goes into the attic. I see him come back out of the house not too long later, and he grabs Sam, and he goes, Sam, you got to come with me. And I'm sitting there like, ah, crap. It's over. Sam comes out, and they start telling us about the attic. And when they climbed up the ladder, they looked around, nothing to see. But as soon as they got out, the industrial, this is not industrial, flashlight, they started to see the walls move. There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bats. No more insulation. You don't need it. Guano everywhere. They could not see. I asked just not to see. They could not see the floor of the attic. It was just bats and poop everywhere. And so naturally, I told him I still want the house, and we proceeded with the offer. So we're trying to figure out, okay, we'll get the bats figured out. We'll get them removed. But listen to this. This is just America. I don't know why I'm making it on America, but I'm blaming it on America. It would have cost uh, costed us ten to $15,000 as our realtor looked into what it would take to remove these bats because these bats were endangered and dangerous. They were carrying something called white nose fungus. And this white nose fungus would have been potentially infectious and dangerous to the person removing them. However, because they're in danger, they need to be literally removed and set free into the wild. So we, we had to back out of the house. But I was so afraid. I remember the feeling of seeing Jim grab the flashlight, run back into the house, and I wanted to stop him because I had spent so much time dreaming up this life in this house and who I'd be in this house, in this neighborhood as an, a homeowner who got to say yes to their first house that they saw. And I was losing the reality that I had expected and the one I had hoped for. So no, I didn't go to Petco and buy bat food and poop scoops, and I did not buy little bat accessories and toys because I was not about to embrace living under a roof that was compromised. Come on, somebody. No, I will not compromise the integrity of my house. The reality is some of us are nurturing, caring for things that are causing detrimental harm to our house, to our family, but mainly to your house, to your heart, to your mind. We are protecting, we are protecting, protecting, write that down, that should be a word, someone put that in that, call Cambridge, call Cambridge. We're protecting and nurturing things that have no business being in our minds, in our hearts, in our marriages, in our homes, in the culture that we're creating, in our family, spending time and money and your peace and your joy on things that are fighting against the work God's doing in you. Stop protecting the things that are fighting against those good gifts. Remember those, the good and the perfect gifts that come from your heavenly Father, the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from your heavenly Father. He has your best interest in mind. Amen? 
when it comes to my home, when it comes to my marriage, when it comes to my heart, I have learned the hard way that it is not worth it to protect those things. I want light, because if you've experienced darkness, I was one who was raised in, in a home that was broken, right? We experienced real darkness. When you have experienced that, you want, you know what that feels like, you want no part in it. Once you've gotten out, you want no part. So once you've experienced the light, we stay in the light. And I'm saying for my family, for my house, for my marriage, for my ministry, for what I'm called to do, what I'm called to steward, even though my ministry is literally and still is, my main ministry is just to love those around me, love my little kids, to love my family, to create a culture in my home and not let it be compromised. So I'm saying, God, let light shine to every single corner. I do not want any shadows. I do not need any obstacles. God, show out, point out anything in me. Point out anything that I'm saying or seeing or doing, anything on my lips that is not creating this atmosphere of light for those in my sphere. Because if there's obstacles to that light, that means behind that obstacle, the light cannot reach it. Do not protect or put your trust in the shadows. It's not worth hindering your peace. Write this down if you are taking notes or just take a minute because I believe God is saying this to his daughters tonight. Command, not even just a request, a command. Let light in. Let it in. Stop resisting the good and perfect gifts God has for you. If there is something that needs light, let it in. John 8, 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. He doesn't say you never will. He said you, you have an option. You won't, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Tonight, the light I'm talking about is not a thing it is a person. It is the person of Jesus, the light of the world, God's son, his greatest gift to us. He desires to light up your life, to light up your home. How do we stop walking in darkness? It is explicit here. Let light fill you up. Let Jesus in. The light, it fills us. It's not just See, I feel like we have these pictures in our head because there's, like, these paintings of, like, light shining down on you from heaven. You know what I mean? Or, like, let the light shine on, which I think is partial, but I don't think it's the whole truth. I believe light is not just supposed to be around you. I believe it's supposed to be within you, filling you up, welling up inside of you, and extending to those around you. God is light himself. It's emanating from who he is. When he creates, it's light. It's good. It's perfect. I don't just want to be around light. Ooh, this is a word. When you come in places like this, the reason that you like being here when you're here and then you struggle when you leave is because you're around light. But if you resist letting the light in you and you get confused why this whole Jesus thing isn't working out, it's because the light that leads to life needs to come in with your permission, reach the innermost parts, every corner of your heart to do the transformative work it was designed to do. Ladies, do not limit what God wants to do. And if you don't want to pardon it, that is a choice you have. But do not try to have both. It has no power, and it is not serving anybody. 
The light fills us. It's not just shining down. This verse gives us so much hope. But we have to allow, this is the uncomfy part, we have to allow the separation to occur, right? We hate, we hate the separation part, the, the light part from the darkness. It sounds good, but what that actually means is sometimes we have to allow uncomfortable things to take place in our hearts and in our minds, sacrifices, decisions, things that you have to say no to, you can't say yes to because you're allowing that separation to take place. See, sometimes we say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Lord, have my whole life. I love you so much. I'm going to go from this place and sing about your name all day. Worship tryouts are tomorrow, and I just wanted to practice. Um, that wasn't in my notes. See, I told you, I don't know who gives me this stupid microphone. But we need to allow that separation to take place. And it's a hard thing to embrace because sometimes we have to embrace momentary pain. Sam's been preaching on this a lot, that we, this is our heart. Temporary pain, often in the kingdom of God, it always, temporary pain that comes from heaven leads to long-term pleasure, long-term peace, but that separation, ouch, it hurts to have these things removed from us that were harming us, but man, that big, it's not even just necessarily the pain, it's the change. Am I right? Some of those people that are like me are nodding their heads. It's the change. Well, what is it going to look like then tomorrow? If, if I separate from this, and I know God's asking me to do, what is it going to look like when I'm around my family? What's it going to look like at Christmas? What's it going to, and it can stop you from saying yes to before you've even experienced the fruit of what that would have done in your life. And your desires would have been different, and you wouldn't even wanted that anymore. Because your cravings began to change in the light. That's a totally different sermon. Holy Spirit, help me. We need to stop focusing on the darkness because Jesus gave his life to overcome it. And he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of his daughters and bring light in. Ladies, you have authority over the shadows. God is sovereign over the shadows, but he gave his son and Jesus died so that he could overcome the grave, sent his Holy Spirit to give you authority. So I am not looking at all of those events saying they're random and they're great and I think they're really nice. I'm going to see that sacrifice must have paid for something for me. Not, yes, the sins. Yes, all of those things that are covered. But to then be filled with the power of the living God to operate in full authority, to be sent out and have authority to speak to darkness and watch it leave. Man, Jesus gave his life for that, his ministry for that. It's all over the word of God. If you haven't read it, look it up in the New Testament. Read the book of Acts. It's powerful. The band can come on up. When you're in the shadows, you may not be able to fix everything. And that is so hard. It is so hard because we don't just want to fix everything to make it better for us. We want to fix the problems and make everything better for other people. We want to make it better for our kids, our parents, for those we love. We don't want to let people down. We need to give God control and let the light in. Ladies, he is ready and willing to fill you up tonight. Do you believe that? Do you deeply believe it? Because I do, and I know our prayer teams do, and the women that have been praying for this. God has been on the move. He's ready to fill you. He's ready to fill you. He's ready to free you. Another part about shadows, and the reason I'm preaching on shadows is I, I wanted to take time 
and, and, and pray and say, God, what is it? Is there a verse? Is there a story? Sometimes that's how I feel God speaking to me is just through a verse or through something that keeps coming up. And I sat down and I took, the, I took out this huge chunk in my work day, sat in my office and I put on worship music. I sat down to start praying. My bottom hit the seat and I heard shadows. I was like, whoa, I didn't even have to work for that, God. You must be really trying to say something. It was so abundantly clear to preach about the shadows. But what the most powerful thing is about what I believe God is saying to us is we're not just trying to let light in for ourselves alone. But when an obstacle gets penetrated by light or the obstacle moves, light reaches the other side. There are people in your wake waiting for that obstacle to break. Does that mean that the situation has to change? No, but light can get in you and God will get the light through. He will give you divine, supernatural sight to see through to the other side, to speak to the obstacle and to be able to see clearly and prophesy what God wants to do, what God is going to do. Even if it's not the outcome we want to see, man, we believe God No, show me. I want to see how you see the situation. I want to see how you see the shadows. Because the shadows are finite. There is an expiration date to every bit of darkness here in this world. There is a finish line. They are finite. But during, we get a short time on earth and there are other people on the other side of these obstacles that are keeping us stuck in the shadows. Let light through. Matthew 4.16 says this. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow. Where the things that the enemy had had a hold on for generations. A light has shined. It has all ready shined. Jesus went into the belly of darkness so that he could overcome it and get and destroy it and get light to the other side. We're on the other side of that. Do you realize that? I'm so grateful he didn't remove himself from the cross to experience that momentary pain. He endured it so that light could get right in the middle of it. And we are on the other side of that sacrifice so light could get through to you and to those you minister to, there are people here who even brought someone else into that light. And I'm sure some of you, if I asked you to, you could point to people that led you to Jesus in this room. There's light on the other side for you and your family. I want to read Psalm 23 over you, the whole thing. It's been on my mind for months. It says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. Someone needs to hear that. It's not a one-time thing. It's a constant process. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths. Not always fun paths. Not always popular paths, but right ones. 
the one that's for you. Bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, that one, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comforts me. When we walk into that valley and we feel that darkness, when we feel that fear, when we feel almost the tangible presence of the enemy surrounding us, how do we respond? Because I know for me, naturally, it is fear and anxiety and worry, and I'm not one step in. I see the end, and I see this is where I'm at, and this is the only way this ends, and I knew God would do this to me. That fear game can start, and it's hard to stop. And you begin writing this story. You begin to author this story. When stuff gets hard, that's the enemy. He's trying to make this obstacle, this, this little obstacle, cast this huge shadow. So now you're not just dealing with that obstacle. Remember, you're dealing now with this huge shadow of fear and shame and deception and lies. He's trying to cast a shadow over you to make you think that you're living in darkness and it's winning and you're sitting here sometimes and we, we just sit and we wait for God to free us and we feel like, God, I'm losing. I feel like I'm losing. And we feel stuck. And because you can't see, it's really hard to find hope and not slip into anxiety cycles, depression cycles, bad confession. If you see it wrong, you'll say it wrong and you'll pray it wrong. We say, God, show me what I need to see. Show me how to see these finite shadows. But we sit sometimes and wait for him to free us. But just sitting in darkness, hoping things get better is not a response. So we sometimes ask for what God already gave us. Some of you are asking for God to shine his light. Shine light on this, God. Shine. Come, come, God, come. And yes, he responds to these prayers. We love to ask. We, God loves it when his daughters ask for his help. But he gave you the light of Jesus. And he gave you the authority over the very shadows that you're facing. And not just the shadows, but the actual obstacles. It's not just fear. Sometimes it's a real, physical thing. But even that thing, guess what? Your God is sovereign over that too. Every good gift he has, even though you walk through the valley, the darkest valley, it's time to speak the name of Jesus and let him light up every bit of darkness so we can get over it, get light to the other side. I'm going to ask everyone to stand across this room. And in a minute, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna worship and we're going to speak the name of Jesus over our situations. But right now, I'm going to ask for every head and every, every head to be bowed and for everyone just to close their eyes and just to take a minute. Because we're going to be praying and declaring the name of Jesus over every shadow, every obstacle, if we will let Jesus in. Remember, he said, if you will let me in, if you follow me. Darkness does not belong in your heart and in your home, and we're going to pray for you if you feel that, that that's what's happening, if things are being compromised. We're going to separate the dark from the light. We're going to ask God 
to show us. So Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus. God, you created the heavenly lights, but even before that, you were light, and we're your kids, we're your daughters. Your light is ours. We don't need to go out somewhere driving around looking for where you are, God. You are within us, your people. Jesus, we need your light. If you have an area of your life that you know that light needs to touch right now, I want you just to raise both hands. Before worship starts, we're going to worship and we're going to give that area to Jesus saying, Jesus, for me and my house, I want your light to reach every corner, every place, every conversation, and every plan. Holy Spirit, I pray these women who have their hands raised God, I thank you for their boldness. I thank you that they want to be with someone that says, hey, I am unapologetically separating myself from darkness for light. God, fill these women. Fill them up, Lord Jesus, with your light. Thank you, Lord. 